Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of For Your Reconsideration. Now usually we're looking at past Oscar races, but this week we are looking to a future Oscar race and giving you our predictions for the upcoming 2018 Oscars. I'm Devin. And I'm Kyle. And we are super excited because it's Oscars week. It is. And in case you are unaware, we love the Oscars. Very much so. We started a podcast about it. Hopefully you like them somewhat too. Hopefully, since you're listening to this. Right. Maybe you just love us. That could be. I mean, that is the case for at least a couple listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's only love, but also... We'll who take whatever we can get. Who doesn't enjoy the Oscars? Yes. That's a lie. Most people don't enjoy the Oscars. You're just... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But if you're listening to this, you maybe care. Or you're right. just trying to get like, an edge up on your we, office pool. We truly do love the Oscars. It's our Super Bowl. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just so tired of hearing people complain about the Oscars year after year. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm referring to. They still watch it. They just then, like, bitch about it the entire time. Sure. Like, oh, it's so long. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, shut up. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm enjoying this. I love every second that it's slow. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. I agree. I wish the In Memoriam was longer. Well, if they included everybody, it would be. Well, I just mean like I don't like when they're kind of messing with like go check out the website for more you know yeah that's what I'm saying yeah oh okay I thought you meant when they like because they always leave somebody off yeah it's like a running tradition and then they're all like why didn't you leave this person off why do you hate and they're like it was an accident people like there's just so many people that die every year that you can't right you can't get everybody right you know Speaking of not getting everybody, we're not going to be covering every category of the competitive Oscars because we don't have expert opinions on things like sound mixing or sound editing, anything to do with sound. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that sounds about right. So we're really just sticking with some like key categories where we have. definite opinions well, we still on don't it. have expert opinions but, but they're but they're stronger they're opinions they're, yep they're strong and we are like <laughs> able to, i think to give those opinions because we've observed the category yes and we observe a lot of movies i mean i've observed like all the sound to exempt but it's just like yeah where where does that i mean yeah like i could explain to you what the difference is between sound mixing and sound editing but could why you? yeah okay, why don't you give that for some of our listeners including myself go ahead so sound mixing is when <laughs> you mix the sound <laughs> and oh. sound editing is the editing of the sound. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nailed it. Thanks. So, so what do you think should win for best sound editing and sound mixing? Dunkirk. Just really quick. I think it's going to win, honestly. You know, that's the one, like, again, not knowing sound, like, that is the one where, like, sound was very prevalent to me this Usually, year. Usually, so like, action, more action-y movies win those sure. categories because there is more sound work that sure. has to be done. And the one scene in The Last Jedi. You know you know what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> it's about sound mixing? No, I just, like, that's, I'm saying, like, sound sticking out in movies this oh, okay. year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Dunkirk, true. like, took it overall, but... Not a lot of, you know, good sound bites come to mind. Uh, I like that sound bites. Okay. So <laughs> Maybe save that for after the show. <laughs> That's my note for you as we're doing it. Thank you. Okay. So, yeah. So, we'll get into it. And, like, we're not going to... Unfortunately, we haven't been able to um, see a lot of the documentary nominees so unfortunately we're not going to be able to talk about those right but we did get to see the live action and animated shorts so we will be discussing those yeah 
So let's get into this. First category is original score. And the nominees are Hans Zimmer for Dunkirk, Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread, Alexandra Desplat for The Shape of Water, John Williams for Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Carter Burwell for Three Billboards Outside Abbey, Missouri. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I will start off by saying that I really enjoyed the score for Dunkirk, and usually I'm not a fan of Hans Zimmer's work with I like Christopher what Michael Nolan. Phillips said, like, it's just bad enough to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but I, I liked the, like, the ticking aspect of it, like, because time was such an important... Right, right. Which I guess is a very obvious and cliche cliche way to to state that to like represent that, but like the score really aided the movie, right? <laughs> but like in a obvious way. Oh, okay, is what I'm saying. Um, I also really enjoyed the score for Phantom Thread. Um, John Williams for Star Wars. I mean, like obviously John Williams is great. I mean, Star Wars is great. It so. all sounds awesome all the time. Right. I honestly don't even remember the scar for three billboards, so I can't really, I don't think that's stuck out in any way. Mm-hmm. But I will say I probably would give it to Shape of Water. Ooh. Is that Desplat? Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously very solid. I think he, didn't he won last year or the year before? I remember seeing him on stage pretty recently. Yeah. I think he might have won last but, year. But um, no, like, you know, it's a very, I feel like it's a very safe bet. Mm-hmm. I think Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread is the clear winner in this case and i i will be upset if he doesn't win i think it'll be it'll honestly be a surprise to me if it doesn't win because i think it's like it's very good but it's just like edgy enough Mm -hmm. to really edge out uh the splat score for the shape of water Mm -hmm. i mean it's a fantastic score they're both good obviously i mean you know i'm not saying there's anything but i think i think johnny greenwood could edge him out in the end it could be i would yeah I just really think that the score for Shape of Water is like it's such a beautiful accent. So I don't know. Right. I thought no, that I, score really no, stands. I understand off the you. Most. I understand. I only like. I feel like if we're getting into the politics of how people vote in these things, sure. I feel like it might go to Phantom Thread because Phantom Thread is not going to get a lot anyway. Mm. Whereas like Shape of Water is probably going to walk away with a lot of statues this That's night. That's true. So I don't know. But no, but don't even listen to that because those people who know scores really well, they, they know what they're doing. They know how they're voting. Yeah. And to be f- truthful, probably more people have seen The Shape of Water voting than they did Phantom Thread, even with screeners. Yeah. And I don't know if you can really appreciate, you know, Johnny Greenwood's score if you just watched a screener. I don't know, you know. That's true. That was quite an experience. That whole movie just mm-hmm. absorbed me. But uh, I got to say Johnny Greenwood. Okay. And I will go with Alexandra Desplat. Um, which is probably a safer bet. If you want to go super safe, maybe Hans Zimmer, John Williams, if people are being uncreative. Right. Except it's not going to go to John Williams, but. No, it won't. But. Okay. Next category is cinematography. The nominees are Roger Deakins for Blade Runner 2049, Bruno Del for The Darkest Hour, Hoyt Van Hoytema <laughs> for Dunkirk, Rachel Morrison for Mudbound and Dan Lawson for The Shape of Water. Okay. I feel like I'm going to get like Tiffany Haddish backlash right now, but I, <laughs> I did not look up how to pronounce these names and I apologize. No, I mean, it's nowhere nearly as bad as <laughs> Tiffany Haddish's reading, but. <laughs> well, you, you're the cinematography expert here. Mm-hmm. 
So hit us with your with well. Your okay, so this is the first year that I feel not only strong but super strong. I felt strong in the past, but I feel fucking Superman strong. That's very about strong. Roger Deacon. Roger Deacon's taking it home this year. That he will take it home. Or that he will take it home. home. I don't know if they're gonna like DiCaprio him or what, but like. Why don't you, for people who don't know, explain Roger Deacon's history with the Oscars. I mean, he's been nominated like what fifteen times now, sixteen times. Yeah. And never won. Yeah. And he's probably the greatest cinematographer working today, mm-hmm. as far as versatility. Um, like the people he works with, like he got to start doing Coen Brothers, but then just like he works with everybody, anybody and everybody. He's just fantastic. He's a fantastic cinematographer. But Blade Runner 2049 is like one of the most visually stimulating and beautiful movies there th- there is this year. Yes. Now, I haven't seen, like one of the top movies of the year that I have not seen is Mudbound. And that's the that's the other Rachel Morrison's getting a lot of talk for that, mm-hmm. and deservedly so. And she also um, did the cinematography for Black Panther, which recently yeah, came out. Yeah, she's been working with Ryan Coogler. She did Creed as well. Whereas that could give her like an extra push. right, exactly. So there's always that one to screw over. But as long as what I'm happy about is not going to fucking like Avatar, because that happened one year, <laughs> a movie shot entirely on blue screen, one best cinematography, which like. Arguably, there are elements that, you know, heighten cinematography or whatever else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, brought it to a new level. But, like, he has some good competition this year, but I think he is going to walk away with the statue. Yeah, I do feel like this is really his year, although I've thought that for many years, like, right. several years. I was like, it's got to go to him this year. But um, I really think it is. I think the only real... Mm, the cinematography in Shape of Water is pretty good. I think the whole look of that was obviously... Um, good and mudbound is getting a lot of buzz just because she is the first woman to be nominated for best cinematography which is great kudos to her for that and the fact that she's um black panther is like the highest grossing movie of the year and is going to be for some time i would imagine um but blade runner 2049 is the most visually stunning film of this year and of many years i would probably say like it's (laughs) beautiful so if roger deakins does a win it's a travesty but I, I think this I mean, it's as beautiful as the last Roger Deakins film. So. Right. I mean, I mean, it's more beautiful than that. Though. What was his last movie? Uh, to be nominated. Did he? Yeah. Sicario. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a has like one Basically, like standout beautiful scene. And then like but him working with Denis Villeneuve is just like is a match made in heaven. They're both yeah. visual, like extremely visual and visually precise people. It's a. Uh, they were working. I would watch any. I would watch them direct traffic with their styles. I love it more love than it. Steven Soderbergh's. Oh my god, that was a funny joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give a minute for everyone listening <laughs> to get their laughing done. All right, so I think we're both in agreement that it's gonna be Blade Runner. Yeah, Roger Deakins. Okay, next category is best original screenplay. The nominees are Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani for The Big Sick. Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor for The Shape of Water, and Martin McDonough for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So the screenplay awards are are interesting because a lot of times this is where you'll see them. This is getting into the politics of it again, but this is a lot of times where you'll see them give awards to movies that aren't going to win director or best picture or anything like that and this is where they'll give them like 
the consolation Oscar. Do you know what I mean? Like your movie was great and it was nominated for all those other things, but like it's not going to win though. So here's this. The only problem is like a lot of these movies would qualify for that because I don't think Lady Bird's going to win best picture. Well, let's not like okay. get into the best picture. Category sorry. Right sorry. Now. So I'm just saying like, I think I, uh, it's so hard because <sighs> I would really, really love for Greta Gerwig to win for Lady Bird. And I'd also really, really love um, Emily V. Gordon and Camille Nanjiani to win for the big sick because that's a movie that like, this is its only nomination, you know? Right. And I would love to see them recognized and I would love to see comedy get recognized, which would be both that and Lady Bird. Sure. Um, but they're not. But they're probably not. I think that probably it's going to go to Get Out. I think this is where they're going to give their award to Get Out, essentially, is what I'm saying. Um, You know, like I'd agree with you to a certain extent. Um, I don't know if this is the award they're going to give out for Get Out, but... Okay. Um, I would say it's definitely a solid chance between Get Out and Three Billboards, but I think we've had a little bit of time to let Three Billboards die down and a little bit more reflection on the year of 2017, which is the year of Get Out. And just with everything that's been going on, it was a very politically charged year. I could see Get Out definitely edging out this category and and uh, Jordan Peele winning the award for this. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. I'd say it's it's only between those two movies in retrospect. Between Get Out and Three Billboards? Yes. Yeah, I could see Three Billboards just because Marm Gadana is a fantastic writer. Right. And it is, like, his movie is getting all his buzzes, best picture, but, like, he's he's not even nominated for best director, so I feel like it is more of a writing is what makes that film. Yeah. Which I kind of agree with um, with Lady Bird, too, even though Greta is nominated. Right. But, right. Because um, those are both, <sighs> both writers-turned-directors. Yeah. So I would be happy with any of those people winning it. Essentially, unless The Shape of Water wins, I'm going to be happy. Okay. But uh, I think it's probably going to be Get Out. For sure. All right. So next up is Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are James Ivory for Call Me By Your Name. Scott Nudestitter. <laughs> Nudesitter. Is that it? Hiring a Nudesitter. <laughs> Nudestatter. I don't know. Uh, and Michael H. Weber for The Disaster Artist. So well, who wrote The Disaster Artist? Scott Nowstetter. Not Statter. Statter. And Michael H. Weber. I just feel like you're not giving Michael H. Weber enough credit. You're like spending so much time on Scott. Okay. So Scott so. and Michael wrote The Disaster <laughs> Artist. There and then we have Scott Frank and James Mangold and Michael Green for Logan. Uh, Aaron Sorkin for Molly's Game, and Virgil Williams and Dee Reese for Mudbound. I forgot. What was the first one you said again? You spent so much time on. Sorry. It was Call Me By Your Name, James okay. Ivory. Gotcha. Of Merchant and Ivory. Right. Um, I feel like very much what you just said with the last category could go to James Ivory for this one. I mean, he already came hot off the heels at the BAFTAs winning Best yeah. Adapted Screenplay. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they give something to Call Me By Your Name this year, mm-hmm. um, and this would probably be the category for it. Yeah. Um. As I mean, far as like again, just easily going to. I'm not saying like I don't think it deserves other things, mm-hmm. but yeah, James Ivory, I'd say for sure, or yeah. the guys who wrote Logan. I don't know. I think it's crazy that they. Got, I mean, I didn't see Logan, right? No, but I it's like cool that they got nominated. Like, I think that is actually, and I don't really think they're gonna win, but I, no. I think that is very cool. They got they not got nominated for a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the fangirl inside me would really love for Aaron Sorkin to win because yes. I love Aaron Sorkin and he's a master and he deserves all the Oscars. But I don't think that he will win. I think you're probably right. I think it's going to be calling by your name for a lot of the same reasons that we talked about with Get Out. Yeah. Which, I mean, it happens in this landscape. But mm-hmm. Although I will say to me, I think Molly's Game is like a better written movie than Call Me By Your Name, but that's just me. Right. I think, I mean, I don't like the disaster artist, but whatever. Moving on to best live action short film. We have DeKalb Elementary, The Eleven O'Clock, My Nephew Emmett, The Silent Child, and Watu Wot. Translate to all of us. I think Wote. Is it? Yeah. Wote? Sorry. Um, I don't Do know. Do you want to go through that, what these are about? No, not really. Okay. I mean, we can give brief summaries. Yeah. I do want to say, though, that, like, there's still time, like, to go see. There's theaters all across the country playing the live action and, uh, do- and uh, sorry, anime shorts in theaters. And it's so it's like a three hour program, probably. Mm-hmm. And just it's a really easy sit and a very fun time. Yeah. So if you do get a chance, if not this year, next year, you know, just know that it is an opportunity out there. You just got to check your mm-hmm. check your theater listings. It's a great experience. This is the first year that we've done it, but I really enjoyed it. And I don't think we actually I don't think we need to explain everything. Let's just the winner. Let's just give a description for you like the one you choose to win. OK. Um. thought you would have thought about this a little bit more. Do you want me to go? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have. I just. OK. I, I think uh, I think the silent child is probably going to take the statue home uh, for this one. Um, I believe it's a British movie. Yes. Correct. Um about a family who kind of approaches having a one deaf child out of three children total uh the being the youngest and two they really don't know how to approach her being deaf they don't know how to adapt their lives to her um and for to allow her uh to be better educated and to obviously succeed just as well as any person who could hear can and they bring in you know a social worker to kind of help out and get her there and then they end up in the end spoiler um kind of letting her services go and just forcing their daughter to lip read and so it's really about yeah they're putting her at a disadvantage for their own comfort essentially exactly um because they can't adjust for whatever fucking reason Mm -hmm. but it ends with kind of like pointing out that the system is kind of broken Mm -hmm. as far as how these children um are treated and, and the resources that they have and the resources yeah that can be that can be provided so i just think it's you know it's a, it's a really honestly it's a nice film with good performances but you know it's message in the end is something that i can really get behind absolutely i agree that one was probably my favorite of the movies um i just wonder too so DeKalb elementary is about a a mentally unstable man who comes into an elementary school with a gun with the intent of he's not trying to harm any children he wants to get the police there so that he can uh shoot at police officers right but it's It's a school shooting it's a school shooting movie but he ends up in a um office with a secretary who kind of manages the situation and they kind of de-escalate it she sees that he doesn't really want to do this right 
and and i mean i don't want to give like a whole synopsis she, of it but like branches, but yeah yeah so my only thing is i don't know if that's gonna alienate voters because it's like too right off-putting with what's going on right now or if it's going to speak to them because of that those right. are my only two like it walks a fine line it can go there's definitely two very strong opinions you can have on the film mm-hmm. and uh I just think people may not want to even address that right yeah, now. Yeah, I think they might just like be too like too um put off by it. But I also um so this Watu Wote, all of us, I also think has a very like beautiful message. It takes place, you know, it's um conflict between Muslims and Christians and it's based on a true story of um Muslims protecting Christian passengers on a bus that was attacked by terrorists. So I think that is beautiful message. And that's also was a, was a student film, right? It was like their thesis. Yeah, but it was like, a, you know. Yeah, it's it like was a master's. Too. It had money yeah. behind oh, it. Oh, for sure. But school, a school in Germany. I just um, think And definitely that, had the best production value. Yeah. And probably would, a performance. You know what? It might have to win. Yeah, I really <laughs> like that one. And I could see that one winning for sure. You know, sure. I'm switching. Ignore what I said about the, si- the silent child, although message matters. But there's a very powerful message in in this film from uh honestly all these movies Sydney except Africa for City. the 11 o'clock have a very that's true poignant message that's, that's fair the 11 o'clock don't let anybody fool you and if it wins i i'll just shed a tear because it's it's a really bad i really don't comedy. think it stands a chance against these other ones honestly but yeah but yeah tough category i'd say honestly I, you know what? i'm still gonna go with the silent child but are you picking um yeah Mm, the Silent Child, I think, is a good choice, but I my personal choice is going to be Watu Wote. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough category. Yeah. All right, moving on to animated short. These are more fun. Okay, we have Dear Basketball, Garden Party, <laughs> Lou, Negative Space, and Revolting Rhymes. Do we know? And actually, all these movies are phenomenal. Yes. Do we know where Lou premiered? Was that in front of like? moana or no that couldn't have been or moana it might have been in front of coco oh i guess it could have been in front of coco i've just heard no one talking about it but it's yeah, a pixar movie um obviously uh it's fantastic oh it's it's beautiful it's it's so pixar it's just like cute and fun and then like really emotional yeah out of nowhere yeah i regret not talking about the live action films now because i really want to talk about all the animated movies that's fine um yeah, so there's Lou. Yeah, the, yeah. What David said, great piece about bullying. It's just, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's 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 in, it's what you I expect mean, from Pixar. Pixar is just an right. another league. Right. Uh, then there's a uh, garden party, which is about these frogs. frogs. Just you know, they're just hopping along, being frogs Living at this lives. like really nice uh, California mansion. Um, and then you start to see like little glimpses of like, oh, maybe the something bad happened. And, yeah. Like it's been neglected for a little while. Mm-hmm. We start to see bullet holes kind of laying around. And then uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but a crime certainly happened here. And I also just want to say the animation in Garden Party is, is like it doesn't look like it. It I looks like we real, frogs real frogs yeah. and real right. trees and real like it just. I don't understand what process they used besides magic right, to was, achieve was going, that. Well, they, they do animation like that now, like a lot. You just don't watch any of it. Like, there's movies that come out just as beautiful as that that are just animation, though. It's not exactly relative, but it, it is it is gorgeous in here because you're not dealing with any like a lot of humans. The animals really get away with it. That's true. It that's true. Really they're fantastic. Wow. Um, and then you want to talk about the other ones? Um. So yeah. So then we have uh, Deer Basketball, which is 
taken from the letter that Kobe Bryant wrote when he retired from basketball. And it's just kind of like a love letter to the game. Um, and it's, it's animated. It's like drawings that are then. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Thank you for describing animation. Okay. I know that's what all animation is. But I'm saying, like drawing, but they like move. and It looks like pencil drawings is what I'm saying. Right. And then they move. Yes. So. <laughs> the way animation so works. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's fine. But yeah, it's his, it's his love letter to basketball. And it's cute. I mean. Yeah. At I the end of the day, that's what it is. It would be a slap in the face of the Me Too movement if Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. That's fair. You know what I mean? Fair. I'm just saying. I mean, it'd just be a slap in the face of this category if Dear Basketball won. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the weakest, I think, no, of right. these five. Fi- finally made. Like, it is. It's, it's good. It, sh- it could show during halftime in a, a championship basketball game. But, like. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I didn't need to see it on the big screen. Uh, negative space is a stop animation. Stop motion. Stop. Thank you. Stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. About this man talking about how him and his father bonded over packing suitcases, which sounds uh, boring, but <laughs> it's really great. And it's beautiful animation. It looks lovely. And it kind of, it ends on a, on a great joke. It does that on a fantastic joke. Don't want to spoil it for Don't you. Don't want to spoil it in case you see it. But um, I really loved it. That was probably one of my favorites. Right. And then Revolting Rhymes was um, produced in England. And it's based on a Roald Dahl story where it's taking a classic fairy tale characters and kind of giving them uh, Roald Dahl type things to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, which was, it was a lot of fun. I did like that one a for lot. For sure. So what do you choose to win? All right, I'll go with again. I think <laughs> <laughs> well, you should you should definitely just assess these, you know, <laughs> as we go. Yeah. But uh, my favorite, um, in the end of the day, and the one I'm really pulling for is Negative Space, as De- Devin mentioned before, the stop motion animation film. Um, it just really stuck with me. I thought it was really great to look at, even though I love them all. I really like them all. And in fact, I know Lou might win, but I really am pulling for Negative Space here at the Oscars. Yeah, I'm like pulling for negative space, although I could see Lou winning easily because um, Pixar. But then I also kind of want to vote for Garden Party just because I think that animation is the highest quality achievement in animation. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will just say like according to Gold Derby, which kind of um, pulls stats of the odds favorites to win. I'm just saying words. People know what right. I'm talking about. It was just like a series of the same. Uh, Dear Basketball is like winning by a landslide in their predictions. That's They're going to be wrong. It's okay. I certainly hope so. I, yeah, I hope so as well. But I just want to let people know in case they're actually using this to like fill out any forms. <laughs> yeah. But I will go with Garden Party. That's my pick. Okay. So negative space and Garden Party for the win. Yeah. Next up. Ooh, it's a big category. Best Director. Ooh. Are we on to the big six now? Yeah. Cool. The nominees are... That means we're almost done, guys. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Jordan Peele for Get Out. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. And Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Tough category. Woo! Is it ever. It's tough to pick a choice. I have my strong beliefs in this category. Oh, I have such strong feelings. But if we're trying to, like, win... If we're trying to really guess and predict the Oscars, yes. this is a tough category. Um, yeah. I will say, you know, for 
for decades it was kind of a given that whoever won best director that movie would win best picture but i really think like lately right that has not been the case so i no, would they're not... trying to give two best picture right. awards right they're trying to have their cake and eat it too and just right. spread that love around right which cool cool it doesn't make a lot of sense really <laughs> but um cool so I will say that. I will say, like, don't by any means say that when we say who sh- who's probably going to win Best Director, that that necessarily means that's what's going to win Best Picture. Now, personally, <laughs> taking my personal opinions into this, I would, like, die with love and gratitude if Greta Gerwig won. Yeah, I think it'll be living as of March 5th, so. <laughs> I mean, Sure. Otherwise, um, no, I want Greta Gerwig to win. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Any reasons why or just like... Because I love her. Okay, as a person? As a director, as a filmmaker. I love the movie Lady Bird. Oh, with her like one body of work in the role? Of director? Yeah. She co-directed. You haven't seen that movie. (laughs) I'm just saying this is not her first director. By the way, that's on like probably my top 10 of all time. Also, I think she had a lot to do with the creation of the movies that she partnered with Noah Baumbach with. That No, that's totally fair. That is totally fair. I really love what she's doing too. Like I really Mm -hmm. do. I love that she, you know, got her start with like Swanberg and the gang and then has moved to Noah Baumbach and then now to her her own thing and but like with so many other great films in between like she's just doing amazing amazing work. and she's like and just acting and things too she's fantastic well, like last I mean. okay like last year with 20th century women that was one of my favorite movies of that year right that's what i'm saying in. like she's doing incredible things all around but she's she also seems to have her like person. regular collaborators yeah but the fabulous people don't just win oscars that way though they should uh honestly feel i feel personally if they give greta gerwig the statuette then they just they're just handing it to the me too movement and i don't mean to sound like converse like controversial there but like in no way do i think she like had the best directing chops of well, who the, do our you choices think did then year. so here's where it's tough mm-hmm. because like i would put not a large amount of money because i'm not a rich man mm-hmm. but i would put my money on guillermo del toro i think the steam behind him is really yeah. powerful right now he directed you know a hollywood spectacle movie like it's it's all for the love of the of the art mm-hmm. you know what i mean he did a very good job he did he did jordan peele i could also see them giving it to f- for for similar reasons as greta gerwig i think it's a very politically charged year he certainly had one of the biggest surprises of the year in this in his hit get out um he also managed to you know balance tone really well which Tone management is a director's number one job. Right. So, I mean, go to him. But I don't think Phantom Thread's going to win Best Picture, so I think they're going to give the statue to Paul Thomas Anderson. Whoa. You know, that movie's not getting enough love as it should. Got a lot I think it. I think the trailers or, I don't know, like something turned people off to it. Could have been D-Day Lewis himself. True. But he's a lot. This movie was full of surprises. It was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Finely acted. I could see him also winning. But again, I'm leaning towards Guillermo del Toro. Like I wanna 
I just want to state as much as I would love Greta Gerwig to win and I want Greta Gerwig to win. Uh, I 100% believe Guillermo del Toro was going oh, okay. to win. <laughs> like, I'm not like that's. I'm not like that delusional. I'm just saying that like right. I would love. So on your ballot, because guys, by the way, uh, Devin and I fill out ballots every year and then play against each other. Mm-hmm. On your ballot, whose name are you going to put the check mark next to? That's such a hard one. Pro- one, I don't want to tell you because I feel like that's giving you. I am no inside it, information I promise to you my ballot. Will not. I promise you will not. This year, I am voting 100% with my heart. I always end up voting with my heart because. It would just honestly break my heart to not vote for someone that I loved and then they won. Do you know what I mean? No, no, I understand. So for that reason, I might vote Greta Gerwig, but if I'm trying to win, I would vote Cameron. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, see, like, I'm with you on that. I think this was honestly such a good year for film that I am going to vote with my heart. And again, not be even mad if I'm wrong on so many choices because such a good year. A lot of these categories are really tough for me. Yeah, for Um, sure. But yeah. Like I'm probably gonna check mark honestly, Paul Thomas Anderson. So you got like you got that. So I got a free me. point if I check Guillermo. Well, good thought, to know. I thought you're checking Greg Gerwig. I'm just saying if I voted Guillermo, <laughs> I get a free point there, <laughs> guaranteed one up on you. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know how this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm playing to win. All right. I'm gonna move that little Oscar to a different spot in this oh, apartment. You know, I have a feeling I'm definitely giving away my Oscar this year well yeah we also have an oscar statuette that not goes a real to one. the winner. not a real one i wish it was a real one <laughs> it's a little maybe illegal one. we should probably not announce it that's this. true that's true you can't <laughs> you can't unless you bought it. it before they made that rule oh sure yeah we have a pre like 19 whatever oscar, yep <laughs> that's just we just found it at a flea market it was actually really? the deal of a century they didn't know what they had they thought it was just the golden globe <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah no one cares about the hollywood foreign press that's true all right. Our next category is Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I, Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. Now, this category is such a disappointment to me this award season. Because people keep giving Allison Janney the award that clearly belongs to Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> it's Laurie Metcalf's award, and they keep giving it to Allison. I agree. I couldn't agree more. <sighs> That's sad. I honestly feel like enough is said about that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, not anything against Allison Janney's performance. It's fine. I just think that Laurie Metcalf's performance is right. b- better. Yeah, and I don't really believe in performances like our giving awards to good performances and bad movies. So I would never give it to Alice and Janney, but um, I really do feel like this has been stolen from Metcalf time and time again. And it's really a shame. She has to keep showing up. It just, it seems to me, it goes back to my argument that in like a lot of acting awards, they always, they never reward subtlety. They like Alice and Janney is chewing up the scenery in that role. And that's cool and all, but like Laurie Metcalf's performance is so much more nuanced and so much like more subtle, like it requires more, internal work and i just think that that gets overlooked because people don't understand the work that goes into that right um so yeah that's pretty much all i have to say about that yeah i mean i don't want it to go to allison i'm, I'm really tired of seeing her actually well okay up on stage let's not go crazy i almost I named mean, my cat after her listen i haven't seen the show mom so i don't want to like say a bunch of crap about it but like 
She just seems to be very one note, and I'm over it. One note? I feel like you're completely forgetting about the West Wing, and it makes me very... They're not giving her awards, like, I know, but just, like, have some respect. No, but I know. I'm talking about her performances, though. She keeps winning for moms, and then she gets this award for, like... I think people just like Someone who's the same through... Yeah, sure. It's... She's a very and charming she's more person Hollywood. like laurie metcalf is more from the theater scene and like no i get it they're not TV used to laurie metcalf you know what i mean this is like but it's just it's one of the hit roles of the year for me like give her Absolutely. the fucking award she deserves it agreed also i want to shout out i'm really happy that leslie manville got nominated too for phantom thread right i am too okay best supporting actor Whew, another one the nominees <laughs> are Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project. Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World. Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Again, they keep giving Willem Dafoe's awards to Sam Rockwell. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. I don't even understand. And the fact that this is the only love that the Florida Project is getting in it's this a Oscar season is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't recall, it was my pick for the best picture of the year. Mine I think too. very deservedly so. Oh, yeah. She's always riding those coattails. We made our list completely independently of one another. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it's a shame that he, this is the only love we're seeing from the movie at the Oscars. And it's a worse shame that he's not going to even take it home. Yeah, his performance is fantastic. If I was really going to get upset about Florida Project, though, I'd get upset about the fact that Brooklyn Prince wasn't nominated, that the movie wasn't nominated, right. that Sean Baker wasn't nominated. But I don't want to get into all that. So we'll just say, like, Will and Defoe 100% deserves it. I also feel like I keep waiting in this award season because there's been all this backlash against three billboards, and most of it revolves around the character that Sam Rockwell is playing. So it right. seems to me at some point that should come back on him. But it doesn't seem to be. I think be. it's not a thing. Like him being a character actor, he's worked with so many of these Academy people that yeah. like they like him. Is Willem Dafoe not a character actor? I mean, no, I guess he is. Maybe he's not a nice guy. I don't know. Ah, <laughs> but he, nice certainly it's like, again, one of my favorite roles from the year is the support, like the supporting people. And uh, again, the right person is not getting the role or getting yeah. the award. So also, and if I was going to give someone from three billboards an Oscar, it would be Woody Harrelson in this category. I love I Woody Harrelson. For me I love Woody Harrelson so much. So you're gonna give him an award for the same reason they're giving Allison Janney an award? Yeah. Wow. I'm not. I would give it to Willem Dafoe. I'm just saying if they were like it has to go to one of these two people from Three Billboards, I would give it to Woody Harrelson. Fair. Also, Christopher Plummer being nominated is like why? Yeah. But he came in at the last minute. Cool. <laughs> okay. Richard Jenkins is also great. I don't want to just. He is fantastic. In fact, if he walked away with it, I wouldn't even. I would be fine with that. Yeah, but I want Willem Dafoe to win. But if you are trying to win your personal Oscar pool, definitely put down Sam Rockwell. (laughs) Right. Would be my suggestion. Right. Okay. Here's an easy one. Lead actress. The nominees are Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie, I Tanya, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. And Meryl Streep for the post. It's Frances McDormand. She's yeah. going to win. She deserves to win. Like, I think she's really good. And I hope she's got, you know, more unique Frances quips in her for her speech. I'm, I'm sure she like, does. I don't know. 
I mean, if I'm going with who I think is the next like runner up after Francis, it would probably be Margot. But yeah, I think the second best would definitely be Margot Robbie for I, Tanya. I think her, whether you like that movie or not, which I know that you do not, I do. I like her in it. She was great. That scene at the end when she's at the Olympics and she's like getting ready and she's crying in the mirror. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. You can't argue that. She fully embodies that character. Right. Right. Which is her job. I'm just saying like, I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot to talk about because Frances McDormand is going to win. Right. And she deserves to win. Right. If I hadn't seen three billboards well before seeing shape of water, I would have thought 100% Sally Hawkins was going to win the Oscar. And part of me wishes she would. Why? Why do you hate Frances McDormand? I don't hate Frances McDormand. I just, and not that like Sally Hawkins hasn't had her recognition before, but I would just like to see someone be happy on stage rather than like. Frances McDormand's having a great time. What are you talking about? She is living her best life every time she gets up on that stage. You think so? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think, I feel like she feels very like awards or whatever, but thank you, you know. I'm doing it still. I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the people around me who keep casting me, but like, we all know this doesn't really mean anything. I don't get that vibe from her. I think she's using her time on the stage to talk about other issues and to like. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that. and I, I do think she deserves it. I think she gave the best performance of the year. I really do. And I just like, I just hold such a special place in my heart for every single person that was in Almost Famous. Oh my God. I do though. You don't understand. That just sounds. I know, but You're I love her. You're discrediting yourself. You I'm know? not discrediting anything. You're rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, All's Way is a great movie, but you can't just like. I'm just saying I have a special place in my heart for every person that was in that movie. Okay. And she is one of those people. She is. <sighs> Jason Lee, you got a special place in your heart I for do, Jason? <laughs> honestly. Jimmy Fallon? Uh, yeah, I forget that he's in it sometimes. He's in like two scenes, but yeah. <laughs> so not like a lot of They're pretty special good scenes, plays in my heart, but He does have some of the best lines. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on to lead actor. The nominees are Timothy Chalamet, Call Me By Your Name. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. Gary Oldman, The Darkest Hour. And Denzel Washington for Roman, Roman J. Israel Esquire. That was. Did you almost say Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> well, it was like I was looking. I was like reading ahead, so I was like Ro. I was gonna say like Israel, but it was like Romeo. I don't. Know. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who thinks gonna win? I think Gary Oldman is gonna win. Now, do I think that Gary Oldman should win? You really don't have the right to say. Okay. No, I have not seen The Darkest Hour, but I have seen. Call me by your name. <laughs> And Timothy Chalamet's performance is so beautiful and deserves to win. Right. And I, again, I don't know. I haven't seen Gary Oldman. I'm just saying that like the clips that I've seen, again, it seems to me that he's doing the whole scenery chewing over the top. I'm Winston Churchill and I'm going to yell a lot thing. Right. Which I mean, cool. That's what Winston Churchill was like. But like Timothy Chalamet's performance is so much quieter and more nuanced and he's younger, so they're going to be like, oh, he's plenty of time to win awards. Right, right. Which has Gary Oldman won an Oscar before? I don't know. I don't think he has. So fine, whatever. Go serious Black. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all everything's pointing towards Gary Oldman winning. I also have not seen The Darkest Hour. 
because um, we see all movies together. Right. And I would be, uh, I would be rooting for uh, Timothy Chalamet. 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 <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Corvette. Okay. Um, no, I think, obviously, yes, I do love his role in Call Me By Your Name, and I don't think that movie's getting enough love either, as far as, like, I don't think it's going to win much. Yeah. Unless James Ivory takes home the screenplay. But, uh, yeah, it looks like, I mean, I'm not even going to argue. Gary, this is a category I will probably just vote with the crowd because I have not seen everything. So I can't make 100% my own judgment. But Sure, sure. Okay. Now, the final and most important category that this whole entire podcast is centered around. What? What? Best picture. The nominees are Call Me By Your Name. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The Post wasn't even that good. <laughs> I'm like surprised. Like I, I forgot it was nominated for things. Yeah, because like no one's talking about it. Right. Like it was okay. You know, uh, you know, I'm not even going to say anything. Why? I'm just going to say the only people I've talked to that, like, loved the post are, like, over the age of 60. Wow. I'm just saying that. And I'm not saying that it's a bad movie. I think it's a great movie. I think Meryl Streep gives a very great performance because she's one of the greatest living actresses. But it, it I don't know. I just don't think it does anything new. I don't think it does anything all that interesting. I don't think that. So only old people can like it? Well, I'm just saying I think it appeals to people who, one, like, lived through that time period. Right, right. Who remember it, who can go into it being like. They can invest a little bit more. Right. Than we can. For sure. I, I, I 100% agree with that. To me, it just feels like a, uh, a much lesser spotlight, which yeah. didn't deal with exactly the same subject matter by any means, but had similarities it was so much more about that process too of like uncovering something as opposed to this just being like about one decision essentially i don't think and you know with the whole turnaround with steven spielberg like he made it like from from the final script to it premiering in theaters was like nine months yeah he needed to get this out right away i don't even think it's had the impact that anybody wanted or no i don't think it it did what he wanted it to. no so it just felt like it was a it was a misfire and uh not that good like so i don't uh, you know i don't know but anyway what do you think should win best picture Devin? what do i think should win oh it's so hard what? i mean personal <laughs> <Why>? <coughs> personal favorites are ladybird phantom thread um three billboards mm-hmm. get out <laughs> i'm just gonna name yeah, all the all, minus the post <laughs> minus the post and dark star because i haven't seen it right um yeah i mean like what if i'm saying what i want to win it would be ladybird okay if i'm saying what should win i would say phantom thread if i'm saying what will win i think it's gonna be the shape of water okay i mean also very similar um, on my end uh i definitely like want phantom thread to win i think that was just such a so, I don't know. It's just the most intriguing movie of the year for me for something I didn't even really want to see besides having like PTA attached to it. Like the trailer I thought looked bad and I was like, oh no. Oh no. I'll see anything about Couture. He made a bad movie. But uh, but yeah, um, I really think 
it's gonna come i don't think it's gonna go call me by your name i know a lot no. of people are are rooting for that which i i see and totally understand i think it really is gonna be a battle between shape of water and get out i could see get out too because it has a lot of i mean the fact even the fact that it's nominated when it came out in what like march or something of 2017 mm-hmm. like that's crazy that it has that much momentum still and i think that it is very um representative of where we are as a culture and that kind of thing but um i also though i don't want to like discount dunkirk because i think that that's a movie Fair. that like is very much an oscar-y movie you know dunkirk blade runner 2049 and get out are probably like the some of the most unique uh theater experiences i had this year mm-hmm. as far as just like with an audience on the big screen those three movies were just like incredibly powerful um get out and dunkirk being totally separate experiences but like right. for the for each their own their own reasons right i think everyone had a pretty powerful get out theater experience yeah and I've, i actually just rewatched get out last night um, does it play as well on the small screen it does and you know like you were saying before that it wasn't a movie that you like needed to see again because you thought it wouldn't you thought it wouldn't hold up on repeat viewings mm-hmm. and i just say like I really enjoyed seeing it the second time, like knowing what the twist was at the end. Right. There are so many little things. There's well, so see, many like, things where you're like, oh. right. And there's probably some things I didn't catch, but it, what I did like about the movie is after seeing it, I could go back into those moments yeah. and, and automatically just be like, Oh my God. There's like, so many more though so, than when you're watching it. For right. The second right. Time. I mean, the big reason I don't pull forget out so much is like, I'm not a big horror movie fan. I know this movie like transcends just the horror genre. Like I get that. Mm-hmm. But, the but same it is time, essentially just a horror. It is a horror movie. Yes, it is. It's directed like that. It's, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. So that's the thing. But, uh, you know, when I think, like, Get Out could maybe win, like, I, I think what you said is correct about being, like, the definitive movie maybe of the year, or at least represents the year, I mean. I think if we were doing a podcast 10 years from now and looking back, mm-hmm. I think this is one that even if it loses, we may have argued that it was actually... It'll be the, the most culturally winner. significant stone. Yeah. And and that's just what, you know, it was actually pointed out to me the other day by one of our listeners that like, we tend to grant like what's really representative of the time. Not always just the best movie, but it's like we always associate it with also like representative of the time, like the most accurate to that era. Okay. With a lot of our picks. Sure. And if that, that's the case and that trend continued, whether we knew it or not, yeah, yeah. I think it out would, would be the winner. That's true. But I think that it's not the only um, viable option for that. I think three billboards outside I mean, Missouri is also kind of indicative of our culture right now about rage culture and that kind of thing. And just like um, hate and those kind of yeah, things. But do that you think that movie was us. like written for that perspective or do you think it just happens to like we can associate those themes with it? Well, I mean, I think that I think that was the intent. That was you the do story think it was he was trying to intent? tell. I don't know if he meant it to i mean i think that that's just the way our culture has been going you know what i mean i don't think it's like a sudden shift that happens so i think that sure yeah do you think that's why it's like a favorite is because the people in our culture who act like that enjoy this because they feel i think they might but then i think they might be missing the point because the point is that it's not good right but i don't know if everyone who sees it gets that i guess i don't know i shouldn't i shouldn't put that on them they might no no no, yeah i just no i I just think that that is an actually like it's an interesting mm -hmm. um, idea and I also think, you know, when we talked about when we did our best of 2017 episode, which you can go listen to right now. Right. Well, after you finish listening to this, um, I talked about the shape of water. I, it was my pick for what I thought was going to be the most relevant 10 years from now. 
because of the way that it depicts um women women of color and gay men and a disabled woman defeating toxic masculinity right which is obviously also very <laughs> very right. representative of 2017 I agree. so i just think there's a there's that's why i think it's such a hard year too is because there there's so many ways that it can go right and it would be good it would make sense it would be completely valid and worthy and that's what makes it difficult amen it's a very tough year Mm-hmm. it's a tough year and like the only reason like i'm not pushing shape of water for everything it's like it's it's kind of hard for me is because i just didn't particularly enjoy it as much as i thought i would yeah i would be curious to see people who haven't seen trailers for it how they enjoy it because i my biggest right. problem with it is that the trailer gave too much away well, so i and knew also what it was, was like coming. shoved down our throats for like months yeah. and months ahead of it so it's constant I, there was no th- yeah there was nothing to be surprised about in the movie yeah which is unfortunate i yeah that's one of my biggest pet peeves i wish i could be one of those people who like doesn't watch trailers right but i can't live my life like i'm that. noticing that's probably like the theme to a lot of my picks this year is like surprises like i was mm-hmm. genuinely surprised which i think is interesting like yeah what that reminds me of is when we went and saw a bigger splash two years ago which right. was luca guadagnino's who directed call me by your name his previous movie that I loved it so much because it was because I knew nothing about that movie. Right. Why did we go see that? I saw honestly, like I was reading I follow a celebrity like fashion blog and there were promo pictures from Tilda Swinton at the premiere and it had the trailer. Wow. And I just saw like three okay. minutes and I was like, Oh, that looks good and yeah. it was here, so we went and saw it. And that was I, was that on my top ten last year? I think it was. My, it was on mine for right, sure. Right. Cause yeah, what what a sh- like I f- love that movie. Just sexy beautiful i would like this is one of my problems with coming by your name too is that like i've the two previous movies by luca guadagnino that i've seen which was a bigger splash and i am love i just loved so much more than call me by your name right right and so i really do and like that's call how me I feel by about your name, guillermo del toro but, i don't think like this is not his his masterpiece you know what i mean in my right. opinion so it's just like i don't know just it, it kind of it, it it hits me in a weird way yeah no i that makes sense what do you think was his masterpiece? Pan's Labyrinth? Pan's Labyrinth, um, Pacific Rim, probably between those. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Sure. No, Pan's Labyrinth or The Devil's Backbone, honestly, are just phenomenal movies. Okay. I feel like I... Wait, what am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting a big one. Crimson Peak. Oh, yeah, no. I'm good, I'm good <laughs> on that one. But... um. Yeah, I mean, if this is his his year, great. You know, in 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 many ways, I hope he does win, so he finally gets some of the projects that he constantly gets shut out for, or you know, they get delayed or just set on a shelf somewhere. They finally get something else made. Yeah, because he really does do awesome things. Like they almost didn't fund this movie. What was it? A twelve million dollar budget or whatever? I have nineteen, no idea. nineteen, I think. Uh-huh. Which is really like you look at this movie and you're like nineteen million dollars. See that? Yeah. Like that's shocking. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's, I mean, and that's another mark in why he should win Best Director because if he can do that with, you right. know what I mean, right? Yeah, because I think the deal was he wanted to shoot in black and white, but they're only going to give him twelve. But if he shot in color, they'd give him nineteen. Wow! And so that made a huge difference for all the things he wanted to do and achieve with it. You know what I mean? Sure. So I don't think that movie would work in black and white. It would have been different though. Like, don't just, it don't just picture like, don't just picture feature. shape of water but in black and white sure it would have been different they it adapted a lot for color because it is it is very much a throwback to like a creature feature of the 1950s right. so i can kind of see that i could see it easily too 
Maybe he'll do like what uh, what's his face did with Mad Max, where he releases oh, the black and chrome edition or whatever. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, honestly, maybe, but like again, I think it changed so much in the art, like in the art department and yeah. production design, that like from the black and white to when they knew they were gonna do color, that you know didn't really matter. Okay, so what's your final pick for best picture? I don't remember. What did I say? Before? Do it right now. Um, oh, now I feel like you. <laughs> so you're gonna edit all this out right no uh <laughs> what did i say seriously i don't even remember now the post that wasn't it i think you said you wanted phantom thread i want a phantom thread or we get out yeah i could see get out winning i think it's gonna be shape of water though i think it's probably gonna be shape of water it could be three billboards that's been winning a lot of the run-up although they keep talking about this backlash Dude, so who knows if it's three billboards hit. i'm out you liked three billboards. Yeah, but I don't think in any way it's the best picture of the year. No, and again, it's like I'm the serious. same thing. Like, it's not Martin McDonough's best movie, so it just makes me feel like Right, 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 right. I mean Anyway. Oh, yeah. I can't get behind that. Movies that to me have to meet a certain quite criteria to be considered best picture, and that does certainly does not meet directing. Like sure. sorry. I don't want to say that. Because the performances are awesome, but I feel like that has very little to do with him and like the words on the page and hiring like phenomenal actors. Yeah, that, like, I feel cast. like he had to do very little work. My problem is his director's eye, I think, was lacking through the entire movie. And I can't get behind that. Okay. I feel like he's a television director who makes movies. That, that could be well, mean. And that I don't seems mean, like, unfair. I honestly think In Bruges is a better directed movie. Just like, it is. I think visually it's more interesting. That was what I'm saying. I mean, I agree. So I don't think it's fair to call him a television director. No, and I, I know that sounds terrible. And like, especially now with all of our... And also like TV television directors are on, doing great things. Yeah, they're doing a f- fantastic things. So really, he's like a television director if this was like 2003 and I'm trying to insult somebody. Okay, because like Ryan Johnson directed TV. Right. He, what, the the Fly episode of Breaking Bad, like one of the best bottle episodes of all time. He did Ozymandias, didn't too, Yes, didn't he? he did. Yeah, he yeah. did both of those. He Which was is a like film the, director before he was a te- before he went to television on like I know, but I'm just saying he also one did of the like hottest TV. TV. Oh my god! And either we are not going to have this argument. What I meant greatest. was like a typical television director who does like mostly like masters and like do you know what I mean? They're just they're getting from A to B. You're talking about like a like an the, he, episodic. Like he doesn't have a great director, right? I don't think he has a great film eye. Like I don't think he tells a good visual story. He's all about he wants the audience to hear the words he wrote. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Sure. He's a writer first. Right. Exactly. Sure. So so I didn't. So yeah. Writer first. I guess I could have just said that from the get go. That would have been a nicer way to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anywho. So I think we're in agreement that probably Shape <laughs> of Water is going to win. Yeah. Cool. All right. But I want Phantom Thread to probably to win. And I want Lady Bird to win. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's it. We will. We hope you enjoy the Oscars. We will. And we will be back. Yeah, with more co- Oscar talk. Well, come back sometime in the future. Uh, when are we gonna do that? After, I don't know. Do you want to do one post show talk about the Oscars? I don't know. Well, but we keep delaying our final episode of the season. Though. I know. Well, I don't know. Check in next week. There'll be something. There'll be something. Maybe There'll it's our last episode of the season. Maybe it's another bonus episode. Maybe it's just us know. singing show tunes. There's only one way but, to find out. You know, <laughs> Subscribe and come back. Bye. <laughs> All right, bye.